1: Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Fran Evans. What up? Fran, <laughs> it has been a hectic week. Uh, there's been more DR news, which we'll get into in a second. That's been just pure chaos. But before we do that, how you doing, man? How you been this week? What's going on?
2: Uh, pretty good week. It was cool. It was cool. Um, It's my last week of work. I'm on vacation next week. Ooh. So, um. How long of a vacation? Weird. Just a week.
1: J- Ooh. Seven days? Yeah. Seven
2: days a week or five days a week? Seven days.
1: Oh, yeah. big plans or uh
2: I'm going to Myrtle Beach
1: Monday. Fun. We're leaving tomorrow, so it's fun. Should be exciting. Is that, is never, that brown I water is that I've never that, been in before. Never been to Myrtle Beach? Nope. I can't remember. I've been to Myrtle Beach. I almost drowned once in Myrtle Beach on a mm. banana boat. You know, that went sideways bunch of black people that you know Uh i could swim like i could stay afloat but Mm -hmm. it turned into a chaotic situation when the whole banana boat flipped over because there were some people (laughs) on the banana boat with me that aren't strong swimmers Uh so i'm 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 seven at the time i'm you know hey the the guy gonna come back around Uh flip the banana boat or whatever the protocol is it'll get taken care of it felt like five minutes because everybody's oh oh god it was much of my black oh jesus oh god was it warfaring it sounds like it no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, like it wasn't, but you know, sometimes you know, you know, women can be dramatic. Yeah, bit, you, okay. know, no, 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 you know, I'm just saying. But everybody was fine. The the banana was there. Mm. It didn't sink, so it's a floating. It's a flotation device. Right. Hold on to that, and you're fine. But being stuck out there, I guess they just you know mind start wondering sharks I'm not maybe. I don't go know, so. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I I was I was more like inconvenienced than scared. Oh, okay. But it was a it was. Heightened because they were scared. Oh. But that was the last time I went to Myrtle Beach. Not for any kind of traumatic reason. I just oh, okay. It's a long drive from Maryland yeah. to, you know, so oh, I, that's not the It's going to be rough. Beach. I would assume it has to be better than Ocean City, though. I will hope so because I mean, don't want to go to Ocean City. No, Ocean City gross. It's overcrowded. The water's <laughs> gross. Uh, it is, you know, it's slightly starting to take a more of a right wing kind of tone. I think it's a, a bit of, overrated, if you ask me. I don't um, understand why it's rated at all. <laughs> I would rather get on a plane and go to Florida right, exactly. and go to a nice beach than just accept. I think people, it's more of a nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing probably with like the Jersey Shore for people that, if that's their thing, I think there's an mm-hmm. Ocean City in New Jersey, which I just would imagine is gross, and it's more of a nostalgia thing where it's like, this is where I went when I was young, so that means it's great, and it's like, no, that doesn't mean it's great, it's still gross, you just have good memories there, yeah. but it's still just, a gross, gross place. we're when I, I haven't been in a long time, but once I hear commercials about it, it's like, like radio, about ocean a radio, a
2: radio commercial, I was like... I won't oh, be. I yeah, don't need no, to. That's That's super <laughs> overrated. I didn't
1: know there were uh, Ocean City commercials. I'm to Yeah, I will, Ocean be, City going yeah, oh, I will be going no, there. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, same for me. It's been a good week. Uh, no complaints. Back to work in a full capacity. Um, this week was my last doctor's appointment hmm. and my last physical therapy appointment. Both oh, wow. were this week. Um, my doctor said, you know, uh, you don't need to come back. Because I was doing it like once every month or every, mm-hmm. you know. Come back in and check on the progress. Mm-hmm. Came in, he said, hey, I, I, "Nothing else I can do for you. If you feel something weird, come back in. But I'm not going to schedule you out for another appointment. Oh, so you know? but you good to go now? No, no, no. He said, still, oh. he still says six months. He tells people oh, okay. nine months just for you know uh. for real safety reasons. But he said after six months, you know, is it you're... nine
2: months? Six months after surgery? Or is it six... nine months after surgery? Okay, okay. nine okay.
1: months after surgery is. But he says after six months. I'm saying you're as healed as you you, you can get. Okay. Obviously, you can still do some strengthening things mm-hmm. and getting yourself more loose, but you're good to go. I'm clearing you at six months, but he'd tell some people nine months just to really be safe before you go back into hardcore. So I'm mm-hmm. not going back anything like that. Right. My physical therapist actually moved to Arizona. Mm, sad. I liked her a lot. She was really cool, mm. but it was what I was going to do was ride off into the sunset. Like, well, you're done. I feel like I'm at like ninety percent. I can do the rest on my own. Mm-hmm. She wants me to go to a different physical therapy place that has like a turf field and is more sports oriented hmm. whereas where because we were talking about doing drills and yeah. stuff this will transition me into that kind of stuff where they'll have me jumping and maybe okay. running and catching a football or something like that and then that'll transition me into being able to do drills and stuff on my own oh, okay so i said i'll go to one she set one up for me i'm gonna go to that see if i like it if it's something if i feel like i can do this stuff on my own then i won't go again But my last physical therapy appointment with my physical therapist was on Friday. Hmm. So um, I'm feeling great. It was a long process, but it kind of went by pretty fast, it feels like. But I've come a long way, man. I'm Walking up steps, I'm still like, man,
2: this is crazy. I I mean, your boot's still right here on the floor.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I'm not. That boot costs $300. It's not going anywhere. I will keep that boot forever. I'll rent it out to somebody (laughs) if they rupture their Achilles or something (laughs) like that. I'm going to try to make some profit off Uh. of that boot because that's ridiculous that it costs that much money. But it is what it is, the medical industry, right? America. Um, Fran, uh, I I alluded to this a second ago. Uh, There's been more news about this Dominican... um, republic resort stuff mm-hmm. chaos and it has turned out that they are blaming it on a bad shipment of alcohol um mm-hmm. that's been the cause of, of some of the things now there was one instance where a woman she survived but she just got beat up by one of the i'm staff about to say what is, is that the narrative
2: republic. they put out? because i'm not believing
1: that um that's that. that's definitely what they're gonna roll with you know and try to pass the buck on to oh this was hennessy or this was serac people blame them sue them so people uh, and, can go. And you can come back to the Dominican okay, Republic. Yeah. Then. So people that's, can that's go. What, yeah. Yeah. Thank it's God. I mean, alcohol. They'll, they'll throw out all the alcohol nah. and get new alcohol in, and then we can go back to the Dominican Republic. That, that bad is bad. what I would assume. That's the narrative that we're, they're going to go with. What I want to do is just read off the, you know, some of the names of the people that have died in the mm. past year, um, that have come to the surface, and you know, that's kind of started the ball rolling on this whole narrative as of late. So, the first two victims that I heard of, that I kind of just. I kind of just went when it first when I first heard of the first two I, was, I said, I don't know it's crazy, but I don't know, you know, you you, you get sick and you pass away. I don't mm-hmm. know, but um, it was an African American couple. It was uh, Nathaniel Edward Holmes. He was sixty three years old, and Cynthia Ann Day. She was forty nine years old. All right, it's
2: just is that the one from here?
1: Uh, no, black black couple. I don't really know. They might have been them. They look like they're from here because the
2: this because I just before you get to the names, I was just I was laying down last night. I was like. I haven't heard anything, so I'm like, let me just Google, just put, are yeah. you putting? Probably go to the news on Google, uh-huh. and then I don't know if you saw the story of the couple that was from here, uh-huh. the um, the guy that, the husband that passed, and then they said the wife died because she had a heart attack for seeing
1: her husband dying in front of her. Yeah, no, that like, definitely, what? that definitely didn't, that wasn't what happened. What they were both incredibly sick from something. It's something as weird is going on. What? Like, this, might be, this might be that couple. That was insane. uh Let me just uh, read the details so I can see. Uh, on May 30th, 2019, the couple was found dead in their hotel room at the Grand Bahia Principe La Ramona Resort. According to the autopsy report, the couple suffered a respiratory failure and fluid accumulation in their lungs, with, with Day also suffering a cerebral edema. Though the couple, oh, though the cause of the fatal episode was not clear, and toxicology results are still pending, so mystery, you know, that's one. So that's that's a couple. Uh, another victim was Yvette Monique Sport. She was 51 years old. She's from Pennsylvania. She had just arrived at the Bahia Principe Resort in Punta Cana when she died, when she died in June of 2018. Sport, a bride to be, traveling with her fiance, had a drink from the minibar, took a shower. Went to bed and was found unresponsive the next morning. Mm. Though her death was initially ruled a heart attack, yep. her cause of death is being investigated again. So, uh, you know, th- they're gonna. This is gonna be the alcohol. They're gonna. Everything is the alcohol. If that doesn't explain away. That could mean that the woman that got attacked and brutally beaten. I, she might even have been raped. A guy got beat up. A guy got beat up too. Yeah, he
2: recently just got beat up.
1: I think it's a. I think it it's some kind of revolution happening in the art that's my belief it's, i think it's just people kind of sick of these people coming and you know coming to our country to party and show off their wealth while we're being while we're terribly underpaid we're it's a terribly poor country and we're sick of it now that doesn't explain the alcohol thing these is this is a these are mysterious these aren't like beatings like how those two people were beaten. Mm-hmm. this is this is poisonous type of thing you know so i can't blame that on like a revolution of the people but it could be a person you know tampering with the drinks that is 100 percent possible um another victim david harrison he was 45 years old harrison was celebrating his wedding anniversary with his wife and 12 year old son when he died suddenly at the hard rock hotel and casino in punta cana in july of 2018 so it's you go to DR, man, I, for years. My mom was to DR a few years back. It's like summertime comes. You got a little yeah. extra money. You fly to DR, have a great summer vacation, and all of a sudden you just turn up dead, man. It, it, that's insane to me. But, yeah, so he just he kind of just dropped dead. Uh, his his cause of death was listed as a heart attack as well as a pulmonary edema. So they're the same uh, um, causes of death that they're saying for mm-hmm. these different people. So it has to be linked in some kind of way. You know, I think that's, that's irrefutable at this point. But, uh... An accumulation of fluid on his lungs also was the cause of a respiratory failure and he had a athero atherosclerosis sclero, I don't know that that was a, that's a new one. Um, another victim Miranda Shop Werner she was 41 years old on May 25th of this year the Pennsylvania psychotherapist collapsed after mixing a drink from the minibar in the Lux in the Luxury Bahia Principe Boongaville in La Ramona, where she was celebrating her ninth wedding anniversary mm. with husband Daniel Werner. According to the autopsy revolts, results, she died of heart attack. Heart attack. So
2: what? We, what we do know is some type of poison. Is we know. Well, it's I think they're
1: saying sure. it's a bad batch of alcohol. Mm.
2: But I'm just saying it is. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. nobody's coming in. And suffocating these people it's just you no, know no, it's, it's something a, yeah. eating or a drink or something like that yes yes but we just don't know if it's happening you know purposely or, that is the mystery yeah, right now mm-hmm.
1: but that's the thing you can run with this bad bout your alcohol thing find a, sci- a scientist that says well yeah when alcohol does this it becomes this level of poison and it can do this and then it's then you can just explain it away you mm-hmm. know uh, she yeah so she had died of a heart attack that caused respiratory failure and fluid accumulation in her lungs Uh, Robert Bell Wallace was 67 years old. The California construction company owner died in April while staying at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Resort in Punta Cana to attend his stepson's wedding. His family says that he became ill after having a drink from his hotel room's minibar. He died three days later, Mm. and his family claims that authorities have not given them a cause of death. Joseph Allen was 55 years old. Hotel workers found the New Jersey man dead on the floor of his hotel room at the Terra Linda in So in Sosua on June 13th. A cause of death has not been yet released, but his family says they intend to order an independent autopsy, which they absolutely should do. I don't, I'm not trusting the country whose entire, uh, you know GDP is based on tourism. Mm-hmm. To tell me that somebody, my husband or my wife or my whatever was murdered at a at a, a resort in their country, I would expect them to say, "No, this and this guy, Joseph Allen, is kind of a large guy." They might just say, no, "I mean, he might. Have, he, I think he just had a heart attack." Yeah, but you can't say that now because everybody's having heart attacks. Mm-hmm. It's just gotten to such a number of people where it's just you can't. It's not a coincidence anymore. This is one hundred percent something went wrong. And they're going to say that it was the alcohol. Everybody's story is they got something from the minibar. They mixed a the drink. They were Also, you're in the Dominican Republic. That's what you drink. You're drinking drinks out of pineapples yeah. with the umbrellas in them. So it all makes sense that this will perfectly make sense to the world when they explain it. You know, when they continue to roll out their explanation of what went bad. It was bad Ciroc or it was bad whatever. And, you know... That's what they're going to go with. That's what this is turning into. Uh, Layla Cox was 53 years old. She was from Staten Island. She was found dead in in her hotel room at the Excellence Hotel and Resort in Punta Cana on June 10th. In a press conference, public health minister Rafael Sanchez Cardenas spoke out about the case, saying that Layla Cox had an enlarged heart, high blood pressure, and and that she had suffered several past heart attacks, an assertion her family disputes. So this guy came out as like the medical expert in a white coat on the news and was like, this woman has had heart attacks before. She's got a bad heart. She's mm-hmm. unhealthy. And she just had an unhealthy episode. That's It's completely, that's her fault. And her family's like, no the fuck? No, that's mm-hmm. not what happened. Uh, Chris Palmer, age 41, a military veteran who worked as a scuba diving instructor. Palmer was staying at the Villa Coquitale Palma Resort in Punta Cana. The resort is close to the other properties where tourists have mysteriously died. And after complaining of a headache, he was found dead in his room on April 18th, 2018. Dominican authorities said he was that he aspirated on his own vomit. His family says he was previous he was says he was previously healthy. Now, you got to keep in mind, the Dominican authorities saying that kind of implies like he might have gotten drunk. And could and thrown up and just choked to death on his up. own vomit. Mm-hmm. Kinda ex- taking away the, you know, responsibility from themselves. Mm. So they're doing they've been doing this a lot. And this has been from from last summer to this summer. I mean, I'm at I'm at like like seven deaths at this point, you know? Like I mean, that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That was nine deaths in the in the last year you know mm-hmm. from from last summer to this summer about three this year and about four last year um this is this cannot be explained the way something bad happened and the dominican republic an already terribly poor country are about to be sued by a lot of people mm. a lot of people who are going to come out of the world i'm not saying that this is some kind of uh, money grab but there are going to pe- be people that come out of the woodworks that say, I didn't die, but I got really sick, sick, so yeah. I'm going to sue too. And it's going to be some kind of class action lawsuit against the country of the Dominican Republic. Mm. And it's going to be hard to refute nine deaths that all kind of have the same heart attack, you know, edema, all the same kind of words in each of the thing. And then once these you know toxicology reports come out, if they all have the same, mm-hmm. you know, whatever... You know, levels of something that spiked. It's gonna be really clear that something went wrong, man. I don't know how bad a batch of alcohol can be, but if that's what they're rolling with, that's that's a tough one, man. But yeah, I just want to touch on that because I've been getting a lot of man. the jokes have been coming, and the jokes, you know. It, it, oh it, yeah, they've been. Is. Yeah, you know, and jokes are funny. Jokes are funny, but something crazy went went on in the Dominican Republic. What I will say is. You could probably get to the, you know, uh, all exclusive an all inclusive DR trip cheap, for yeah. super low yeah, right now. Low, so yeah. if you're a brave person, <laughs> hey, man, pack some. If you don't drink alcohol. Or put some rum in your bag and bring your own alcohol. And you, hey, the beaches aren't killing people. Yeah. You know, but again, people are being people beat up. Are, yeah, and, about you know, to so, so. But, you know, hey, I promise you, if you go on, you know, Expedia or Travelocity. It's pro- you can probably get a flight to Punta Cana for about eighty five dollars right yeah. now. So um, just don't go alone.
2: If anything, don't drink no, the alcohol. Traveling and don't groups, go alone. Yeah,
1: the traveling groups and and you can get a really nice all inclusive trip for very cheap right now. Um, but the risk is that you could be murdered. Yeah. So I don't know. You got to really kind of weigh that out to yourself. You I've know? been, so I won't be. I've been. I've experienced. I don't need to. you. You did it once. <laughs> you need to do it again. <laughs> and you you got away scot free. So why <laughs> yeah. even tempt the fates nope. by going back? You know. Nope. You got out once. I'm good. You know, so, yeah. So, shout out to <laughs> shout out to um all those people, you know, who maybe felt the symptoms but, you know, made That's it through. And, and rest in peace to all those people who just, you know, were looking for... It's, so, it's sad because so many of those people, it was like, wedding anniversary, yeah. going to a wedding. Having a good time. You know, it was summer vacation, you work all year, you work for years, you know, because... And also the crazy thing that people aren't, you know, aren't talking about too much is I didn't hear too many, like, you know, European or, or a person from Mexico. It was all American tourists. Yeah. That are coming up dead, man. Now, yeah. do you think that could be a coincidence? but I'm just saying, that's you, something to look into. Yeah. Do you think if if
2: like if it was um certain people was just getting a bad batch of the alcohol, or it was just
1: how your body react to the bad alcohol? See, if it was just if it was just one or two people, I could go with it was a reaction or an age thing. This mixed with mixing it with something did it. Mm-hmm. The number of people, it's hard for me to go. It makes me go. There was something in that alcohol that kills people, yeah, or I, or makes you incredibly ill, mm-hmm. and maybe some people have a, a stronger fortitude that's what I mean. in their stomach to wait weather that storm, but other people don't. That's
2: what i That's what I was asking because, like, oh, if okay. it was uh, at, yeah. you know, uh, you know, a wedding anniversary, yeah. if it wasn't just them, but if it was a group of like if people had a wedding or whatnot, yeah, so maybe some people and some, got some, sick. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Die. Like one person it, can't tell me he was the only one drinking out of all the for sure the whole party. That it's was definitely
1: there. it's definitely possible, and and I think as this. Case continues to unfold. We're gonna hear more stories, which we've already started hearing. The people that are like, "I didn't die, but I was really sick," mm. you know, and 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 um, that then you'll be a, then you know specialists, not us, you know, that we'll be able mm. to kind of piece together those puzzle pieces of, you know, even you know, kind of. Finding the, the 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 sparking point of when this whole thing started, and then you can you can look at order histories of the of that's the what I mean, It's a whole see, bunch of questions. What like, batch yeah. of alcohol came yep. in? All that stuff's gonna start to yeah. come together, especially because that's the narrative they're going with. So they're gonna follow that rabbit hole until they get to the end, all the way until they can go and tell you this was uh this was Samuel Adams beer or this was uh, a yeah. tequila. They're gonna mm-hmm. be able to tell. Uh, eventually, we're gonna know. There's going to be a culprit, and then that that company's going to get the class action lawsuit. This is going to, within the next 30 days, I suspect it'll be, you know, Tito's uh, vodka or, mm. or, or, or some kind of tequila or something that this company had a bad batch of alcohol. And then they'll know, and then that's who's going to get sued. Mm. That's how far this is going to go. It's going to be a specific person. But it's incredibly sad that, you know, people save up for years or forever long and go on vacation and you just turn up dead. And this isn't even, a, you know, they were shot or whatever, yeah. you know, you know, c- certainly prayers to those people that were actually physically attacked. But this is just some people, the last thing they did was have a good time. Let me go in a mini bar, grab me a drink, kind of snap the top off, mix a little cocktail, and then they feel a little lightheaded and go to sleep and they never woke up on vacation. Wow. They gonna die on vacation, man. I mean, I guess it's worse worst ways to go, but how about not going? That's also great, too. Mm. You know, so rest in peace to those folks. I didn't want to dive into that for too long, but um, I felt like it needed to be talked about for at least a little bit it's, it's incredibly fucked up. Um, all jokes aside, though, do not go to the Dominican Republic. Like, it's just not worth it. I'm, I make the jokes about the cheap flights and everything like that, but until they get the shit sorted out and figured out, just don't go. Just fuck it. If you, if you had a trip planned, cancel it. Don't don't risk it, man. It's just it's too hot right now. Just... Go and uh, go go five years from now. that's. It's I'm treating it like Chernobyl, like a it, like a bomb went off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to the Dominican. I wasn't no. planning on it, but I won't be going to the Dominican Republic until like my fortieth birthday. You know, so I'm gonna give it some time. There's other places in the world to I go. Probably won't go to anything. Jamaica. Go to Mexico. There's other Caribbean kind of islands to go to that give you the same vibes. Go to Puerto Rico. I think they're you know, their infrastructure has gotten better to a point where they need the money to help continue to rebuild the island and their resorts are back up and running to where you can go and have a good time and you're supporting a good cause because Puerto Rico needs it. Now, Dominican Republic needs it too, but people aren't turning up dead in in Puerto Rico right now. So I'm sorry to all those Dominican Republic people who, you know, uh, work at those resorts and are just trying, you know, just need money to come into, you know, the the, the country to Mm -hmm. feed their families. But this is not... uh, I can't, we can't touch it right now. We gotta, just gotta be aware we gotta step back. Yeah, we gotta step back from it. You is that I mean. expiration dates on alcohol? Not that I know of. This is making me kind of, you know,
2: question <laughs> I, know. I thought I knew about alcohol. <laughs> I just, I That's I never... what I mean. It's like, I gotta, it's
1: like, yeah. how long does can it... it go? Can alcohol go bad? That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't, I don't know. It's wow. I'll check now. It's wow. I'll know now. Anyway, uh, let's get out of this. Let's jump into these good vibes. Try to, you know, uh, you know, clear this up a little bit.
0: Good, good,
1: good, good, good Alright folks, let's jump out of the Dominican madness and try to get into these good vibes to start your week off right. Fran, you got something for me? Yeah, my good vibe story this week is about
2: Hong Kong's richest man is paying the full tuition for an, for an entire new class of college students. I heard about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's it's becoming a trend now. Yeah, hey man. So Black ex- Black
1: excellence it. started a trend worldwide, man. Yep. People, you know, people doing all doing their own version of it, but I'm it's cool to see it get to another billionaire and be like, "Oh, okay, I see you. I I'm, I'm going to match you on that."
0: Yeah.
2: One. Even though they got way more money than like the person that started it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so the richest man in Hong Kong has pledged to pay a full tuition of every incoming college student who will be attending Sha- Shantou University, mm. according to a statement from his foundation, Leah Ka Shing will be paying a, paying roughly fourteen million every year <sighs> for the next four to five years in order to cover the full cost of every undergraduate's tuition.
0: Woo!
1: Got, you, got, you got fourteen to blow every year. Just like I want to meet these
2: people. Like man, look. I ain't trying to just give me a million (laughs) that's That's your pitch that's gotta be like a I gotta be you gotta come with your you gotta
1: come with your portfolio or something they can't just be like hey man can I have some money
2: that's like them giving up a dollar it gotta
1: be an equivalent to that I guess but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna embarrass myself like that I would excuse me sir can I have some money if you say no I'm, That's fine <laughs> Hey, that's that's You make a good, <laughs> good point you, know? you won't be any worse off Than you were right. before you asked Touche uh, So
2: 90 um, year old Shane mm. Who Forbes says Is worth over 30.4 billion dollars
1: Oh god mm. And 90 years old too He just on his way out Don't give a shit Like here take this Make it rain That is nuts Make it rain educations yep.
2: Has also been sustaining The university's development Through several Multi-million dollar grants Mm the foundation hopes that this, the scheme can um, alleviate the financial burdens of families and encourage the pursuit of personal interests and the further learning to better prepare graduates for the challenges of an increasing increasingly complex global economy. Mm. The Leah, the Lee Ka-Shing Foundation, also re, renowned for don, donating over $3.2 billion to various healthcare-related organizations and educational institutions, initiatives across china
1: donating billions of dollars in donations oh god
2: the donation is a well a welcome follow-up to billionaire robert f smith recent announcement that he would be donating over 40 million in order to wipe out the the student loan debt of an entire class graduate salute
1: i mean this people morehouse i believe it was a i believe it was hbcu salute you want to talk Millions. about start? You want to talk about starting uh, hashtags and starting trends? Millions. The fucking donation challenge. Whoo! Mm. Forty-one million. It's like at that point, million, million a year. At that point,
2: at that point you got to be like, I gotta, I gotta spend this. He got enough money for you know his kids, kids, kids to be good for generational, life. But generational he, he still has money to be like, I gotta, I gotta, I
1: gotta, gotta do some something kind of
2: with way. something. I gotta do something
1: with this <laughs> money. Generational <laughs> wild, wealth, bro you donated three point something billion dollars and you still got another 30 left or are you still generating the, the kind of money where that doesn't hurt you oh God come on man
2: nobody Shh. needs I don't think nobody needs that
1: much money man they don't <laughs> it's, it's money hoarding it, it is it is mm. it is what Bernie Sanders ran on <laughs> ran for president on and now everybody's kind of got on that wave and now Bernie's getting left in the dust but Bernie Sanders was the first guy to kind of introduce that whole one percent and you know these people have the i don't know the numbers the statistics offhand mm-hmm. but it's like the the 99 of the wealth in this country is held by the by one percent of the country mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like one percent of the country has all of the money in the country you know and one percent of whatever the population is is not a lot of people right. so it, that's it's insane man nobody needs 30 billion dollars you know, Now, I'm not some kind of communist yeah. who's saying, like, take that person's money oh, no. and give it to people. Give but, it to me. <laughs> but that AOC, who is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's kind of proposing this. After your 10th millionth dollar you make in a year, you get taxed like 80%. And I'm not opposed to that. I don't think anybody that's listening to our podcast right now makes $10 million a year. Mm. So the idea of us defending people who i don't know anybody that makes 10 not, million dollars a year i'm not you made 10 million dollars and you're like you want to take 75 percent of my money but you made but you made 10 million dollars <laughs> though so what i want all the money it's, and, and that's when you get into this kind of thing where it's like oh you're talking to people you're talking we're talking about people who will never meet yeah. imagine i'm sitting here i'm like man that's i mean, I mean I at a point i'm doing a lot better in life now but there were points in my life where i'm like damn, I got to get the groceries and the car payments done? Yeah. Shit. Imagine somebody coming to you and being like, man, I made $10 million and now they want to tax my 11th millionth dollar. It's like, man, I don't, get stop, why are you talking to me? Yeah. I don't care about these rich people <laughs> problems. I need to eat. Give it to me to keep you under that level. Yeah. <laughs> get, make a little uh, secret account and shit. funnel it through me. We can do some illegal shit if you're so mad about it. Anyway, let me get to my good vibes <laughs> cuz this is good vibes. Let's not go down that, you know, let's not go into the eat the rich of the ep, you know, this episode and start talking shit about rich people. <laughs> you know, rich people, you know, there might be some rich people listening to this podcast. I doubt it, but you know, perhaps. Shout out to y'all, salute mm-hmm. on the M's. Let me borrow something. That's France strategy, you yeah. know, you implement your strategy, you know. <laughs> uh uh my good vibe story is kind of a local one. And it's about a, a nursing home staffer who dove into a river to save a driver from their sinking car. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, Which is like, that's what happened in iRobot. That's how Will Smith became had a, a, a bionic arm because he went to try to, you know... No, I'm sorry, a robot saved him from the car. He didn't do anything. He almost died. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the premise of it, basically. Oh, okay. And now he hates robots because the robot saved him instead of the little girl... It doesn't matter, man. (laughs) Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes. So just minutes before a Maryland man was preparing to go into into the workplace, he dove into a river and saved an injured driver. Mm. 52-year-old Andrew Loon was just about to begin his shift at the Anchorage Nursing Home or Nursing and Rehabilitation Center when he saw a nearby driver accidentally reverse their car into the Wacomico River. And without hesitation, Loon leaped into action. He is fifty-two years old. Mm. I wouldn't jump into the river to save a person who fucking accidentally reverts. I
2: can't swim, so it wouldn't. Oh yes. Yeah. So I prayed nothing like that ever happens to when I'm in around, When I'm around. Because you're gonna feel so
1: bad because you just can't help. I can them. Them. do. All you can do is sit there and, and say, "Help, help this person," but you can't help because I'm not gonna make it. I, prob- I What do you do? Would you just leave? Because, um, like, I don't want to stay here and watch this person die knowing I can't help them. I'll probably call 911.
2: I'll do something. Yeah, for, I just obviously be, that.
1: But, like, to stand there helplessly is like, you might as well just leave or walk away from the yeah, scene. Because I don't want to watch a person float up to the top because I couldn't jump in there and save them. You know? But I'm not confident in my, you know, I can swim. But I'm not a Navy SEAL. I'm, to be confident enough to just leap into action yeah. when you see a car go in the water and you go... You know, you run and you, you know, do the dive and then put your hands together.
0: Yeah.
1: It's dark in there. Water's not clear like a pool. So you kind of just are diving in hopefully immediately as soon as the car so is still kind of out a little bit. I guess it's your best case scenario because mm-hmm. once it's not visible anymore, you're risking your own life trying to dive in into dark water to save a person. But anyway, Andrew Loon, 52 years old. Left into action. Loon quickly told his, co- his colleagues to fetch some life preservers and call 911. He ran to the river's edge and told the male driver to stay calm and unbuckle his seatbelt. The nursing home staffer then grabbed one of the retrieved life preservers and dove into the water so he could pull the injured driver out of the car window. He said, I didn't, I didn't have the option of waiting for 911 because within the response time, the car would have been underwater. He said, I had to assess the situation to figure out the best way that both of us could have made it out of of there alive. So I'm glad he thought about that because I saw a really tragic video. I try to avoid these videos whenever I can, but I saw a really tragic video of a guy was drowning in like a local lake. Mm -hmm. And then uh, somebody jumped in to save them. But the person was freaking out so much that they both drowned. Man. They both, you know, that he's trying to help him, but the guy's freaking out, pulling on him, and now I think there was a current or something went something where the other the guy that jumped in to save him now he died, and now everybody's standing around like somebody jump in. It's like I just saw a person do that and they died, yeah. so I I I'm sorry. We just gotta sit here and watch this person die, which I understand, but I didn't like that it was a bunch of people filming it either. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like so, it's that kind of thing where. If I'm sitting there and I'm feeling terrible about somebody, I'm not going to pull my phone out and just record two people dying.
2: So did, did they say the guy, did he like pass out
1: or was he unconscious? He or? accidentally reversed the I don't know, I mean, I guess oh, he I shit. guess maybe he thought I was in drive and was like, you know, I, I don't know, let me take off. He was in a bridge? Yeah, I mean, well, he was near a bridge. I guess wherever he reversed, he was, you know, his back, the back of his car Jeez. was to water. You never know, man. People's brains get flustered and, yeah. you know, you it's you know, it's a uh, you end up in a fucking river, man. But anyway, so, uh, social media users and law enforcement officers are now hailing Loon as a hero, but the Good Samaritan simply said that he was happy, he was in the right place at the right time, and the craziest shit about this is, that motherfucker went to work after he was done. Damn. He was a little late, but, you know, you you know, dried off, got his scrubs, and went to work. So, shout out to Andrew Loon, um, that is, you gotta be built a certain kind of way, man, I just know myself, man, I- I don't know if I've just my first instinct is like call the police, get some life preservers, take my shit off and jump in the water. To I don't know, man. I already know how I am. I'll be like, is he? Wait, I would. I would yeah, have you, to. You comprehend it? Yeah. It'll take you a second to even take me a while. Is there a person in that car? Yeah, it'll you take know, me a while. yeah, yeah. That's that's insane. Shout out to Andrew Lynn.
2: And then I know when you see movies and stuff, people get in cars and they get into the water, it's Like all the pressure is pushing on the door, so you yeah, can't, you can't get them open.
1: That's you gotta, wild, you know. Man make sure you have your windows down a little bit or or hope you can get them down before the car shuts off. You know, that hits the water and the power cuts off, but you're so freaked out. I would imagine you slam on the reverse. I I would, I would imagine it just happened to be a nice sunny day and he had his windows down because he was able to get pulled out through the window. But if you got the the air on to get out, you got the air conditioning on and you rolled all your windows up and you end up in the water and your car shuts off. If that door is in that water, Probably not going to get it open, man. So, this guy was very lucky. That could have went very bad. Yeah. Mm. Um, but shout out to Andrew Looney for being in the right place at the right time, like he said. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to leave you guys to a, a hell of a banger of a throwback. Uh, this is Hey Mr. DJ by Janae. And, you know, enjoy this. You know, play that song all night. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stay around.
2: Everybody move.
0: Keep playing that
1: song all night. on and on and on and on, 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 on and on to on first. on and and this week so would you please strap in buckle in because i got a little bit of a different affirmative murder this week just follow me on it uh it is purely speculation i'm gonna say that off top and i will mention it again in a second when i get deeper into the story but this is purely speculation by a large group of people on the internet me being one of them this is the story of the murder alleged murder of gary coleman Wait, what? Gary Coleman. He died? What? Gary Coleman? Yeah, Yeah. Gary Coleman died like seven years ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, let me get... That No, 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 not at all. He's very much dead. And he's so small that he's definitely like, you know, not... Oh, never mind. He got cremated. It doesn't matter. I was going to say there's nothing left of him for sure because he's so little. Um, Gary Wayne Coleman was born February 8th, 1968 in Zion, Illinois, and was adopted as an infant by parents W.G. Coleman and a pharmaceutical representative, and Edmonia Sue, a nurse practitioner. At birth, Coleman was diagnosed with multiple health issues, including a congenital kidney defect known as nephritis, which required many surgeries and lifelong dialysis. Hmm. He had his first kidney transplant at the age of five and then a second at the age of 17. As a result of his medical condition, Coleman's height was permanently stunted keeping him at a diminutive 4 feet 8 inches. However, Coleman's small stature and charming personality made him the per- made him perfect for Hollywood, and in 1978, at age 10, he became the star of the hit sitcom, Different Strokes. He played beloved character Arnold Jackson, an African-American orphan who was adopted by a wealthy white benefactor named Philip Drummond, on the series, which was an instant success. Coleman's common exclamation on the show was, What you talking about, Willis? Quickly quickly became a pop culture catchphrase. The actor went on to appear in the film On the Right Track in 1981, and TV movie The Kid with the Broken Halo in 1982, which was later adapted into the cartoon series The Gary Coleman Show, among other projects. At the age of 10, Coleman formed his own company, Gary Coleman Productions, to handle his career. His parents became his full-time managers, Writing themselves, into con- writing themselves into the contract as their son's paid employees. When Coleman's acting career slowed drastically after the cancellation of Different Strokes in 1986, the child star turned to his trust fund, which was estimated to hold nearly $18 million. Coleman, nearly 18 years old at the time, discovered only $220,000. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The discovery resulted in a tangled lawsuit against his parents and his agent for misappropriation of his trust fund. Although he won the lawsuit, Coleman saw little of his initial salary, receiving only $3.8 million to last you from 18 until he eventually died at 42 years old. You know, now you got to when you have when you have 18 million dollars, you got a little bit more leeway. You can make some decisions. You can go, Mm -hmm. let me invest in this or I'll find a new show at this point or I'll make a movie this at this point. When you're, aren't when you're Gary Coleman and you were on the hottest sitcom in the world at the time, and then that show gets canceled and you find out, oh, I have no money from that, and I spent all my, you know, big chunk of my life doing that show, and now I'm living this certain kind of lifestyle and I have no money to to support it. Mm-hmm. That is a big realization. So, 18 million dollars and 3.8 million dollars after a lawsuit and you got to pay lawyers. Incredibly different. That's a big discrepancy. So Coleman struggled with depression after the settlement later admitting that he attempted suicide several times. Mm. The former star went into semi-retreatment, bouncing from Colorado and then Arizona. When he couldn't find acting work, Coleman took on work as a security guard. Listen. Gary Coleman was 4 feet 8 inches tall. I don't know where Gary Coleman uh, does security guard work. (laughs) Listen. Listen rest in peace Gary Coleman if I saw Gary Coleman walk as a security guard when I walked into a business I think I'd be more like I'd be more inclined to steal from that place I think <laughs> I'm gonna jump back into this I'm gonna jump back into this can you imagine just seeing like a little adorable man in a with a badge on and a little baton and mace I'd be like oh I'm stealing the shit out of this stuff in the store is he gonna <laughs> is he gonna grapple me and take me down I guess if I was like I was 4 foot 8 when I was like in 4th grade so I guess if he worked at like KB Toys or you know FAL Schwartz or something like that he could stop another child from <laughs> I'm going <laughs> Uh <laughs> um money became tight and Coleman filed for bankruptcy in 1999 he continued to make cameos in TV shows including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Married with Children, and the Keenan Ivory Wang show. He also was in an episode of Martin where he yep. played uh Mad Dog. Yeah. A uh, very funny episode of Martin. Mm-hmm. So at at a point uh he became he began to kind of play along with it a little bit, but also it was a part partially I need the money. So I'll go along with your jokes yeah. and whatever, you know, like if we're going to make funny jokes about me being a security guard. I mean, I need the money. I'll do that. He was in an episode of The Wayans Brothers as well, where he played a security guard. I know
2: that. Very.
1: They didn't even get a. They didn't even get a series finale, man. Wayans Brothers is a very underrated <laughs> show, man. So <laughs> funny. Yeah. They didn't. They. They really got fucked by the industry, man, because that was a very funny show, and they didn't even get like a finale. But anyway, yeah, Gary Coleman was in an episode of that playing a security guard. So he mm. kind of started to play along with the joke, where it's like, oh, I can either continue to be a security guard, or I can kind of be the butt of the joke and get paid more money. How old was it? Done around this time in the 90s i mean he died at 42 in 2010 so i mean he was you know probably 28 30 28 30 years old he was 20 when he was in martin that was early 90s yeah 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 oh shit about 20 about 20 20, maybe 22 Hmm. 22 23 uh as coleman matured he became known for his hot temper which resulted in several high profile assault cases like his who Against all types of people, man. I don't know. You know, you disrespect him on the street. He might have a problem with that, and he w- was not afraid to, you know, confront you about it. Now, I don't know uh, how seriously I could take a man, you know, that adorable, you know, trying to, you know, uh, press me. But he, hey, he he got in, he got into some trouble with the law, so he was doing it. This actually clears stuff up when I when you ask who. So uh, <clears throat> in 1998. He was charged with assault after allegedly punching a woman who sought an autograph from the actor. Wow. He pleaded no contest to the charge and was ordered to pay the victim's hospital bills. In July 2007, Coleman was again arrested, this time for disorderly contact for disorderly conduct, when a heated argument with his girlfriend, actress Shannon Price, got out of control. We and women. Yeah. But I mean, the women are bigger than him too. So I, yeah. I don't think he's. I, I think like, it was more of a fight. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm I don't say, think was, <laughs> I'm saying him being his his size. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's picking on women. He's sure, but again, I, I think I don't think even if it was like yes, you know, you shouldn't hit women. But if yeah. Gary Coleman hit me and I was a woman, we're fighting each other now. It's not like he hit a woman. It's like oh, mm. I'm sorry, Gary Coleman. I'll sit down. It's like oh, you hit me now. I'm gonna hit you back. Yeah. Now we're fighting each other because you're a small man so it was less of uh, dominant I mean you shouldn't hit women but it was less of right. like he hit them and smacked them down to the ground and then told them to shut up it was like oh you hit me I'm gonna hit you back motherfucker yeah. Gary Coleman yeah that's what I'm saying like, it was like a fight he's, he's him. I fights. mean he know but I'm
2: saying that you're not supposed yeah, he, to hit women he, but he
1: tries his luck on he, women he thinks he had a better Just, shot with exa- women exactly yes, yes. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so he was ordered to pay uh, hospital bills of one woman, one woman that he assaulted, and then he was getting into domestic uh, disputes with his girlfriend, Shannon Price. Uh, despite their difficulties, the couple wed secretly in August of that same year, 2007. But by 2008, they were already having marital problems. They headed to TV's divorce court to settle their issues, airing their grievances in front of an audience in May of 2008.
2: Is it... Is- can you find this you on YouTube? I would,
1: I, I would assume it was, you know, yeah, look that you got to find that. Uh, the couple would stay together, and a year later, they were again embroiled in a domestic dispute. Both parties... He a fiery temper, man, this guy. Yeah. Uh, both parties were cited for disorderly conduct, disorderly conduct, but these conflicts with the law didn't resonate with Coleman, and in 2010, he was charged with domestic violence again and placed in jail overnight. Mm. You think, like... I mean, are they sleep when he's hitting these women? No, man. I don't. I don't. Know. You think he's got the best shot? I don't know, man. Do you think they use like special handcuffs on Gary Coleman, or you know, he fit, like, you know, they probably go as much as you can squeeze them together. They probably squeeze pretty, you know, close together. I don't
2: think he has little wrists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just because he's small. <laughs>
1: Uh, Gary Coleman died in May of 2010 after suffering an intracranial hemorrhage from an accident in his home. Now, again, That's in the head, right? Yes. Okay. Now again, what I'm about to say has not been proven and is purely speculation, but it is believed in some circles that Shannon Price may have at least been an accomplice in the murder of Gary Coleman. And here's why. Gary Coleman was four foot eight inches. For him to have landed on the kitchen floor after a fall with such an impact that it would bloody both the back of his head and cause his mouth to froth with blood mm. suggests that he was dropped from greater heights or with greater force. You know? If I fell in the kitchen and didn't Oh, hit, so he had like- He had- It was damage done. It was not a, like his brain was split open, but he hit his head hard, hard enough that it caused the hemorrhaging in his brain oh. and he was in a coma. Um but I've never how do you know you, how do you fall that you fall straight back you know it's just it's, cause he's not that tall so it's not that it's not that fall. long of a fall you know so that's already that's suspicious that's not enough to damn her but there's more and there's a lot more and it gets crazier that's mm-hmm. the first kind of red flag where it's like oh so he just all of a sudden fell backwards and hit his head and hard enough that he broke something and, and he that was all having,
2: and that was all they found was that was
1: it that's suspicious very suspicious. a fall now also i'll get into more uh also price admitted that she wasn't in the room when coleman hit the floor yet she also insisted that he fell how could she be so sure that he fell if she wasn't even in the room right for all that for all that she should know coleman could have been attacked because she wasn't in the room but she's very sure you know that he fell there's a 911 call. She's saying he like he fell. He had an accident. Mm. Um, she, it, but she wasn't in the room. So how does she how she's so confident in that? Something back something crazy could happen. And the person could have ran out of the room or something. You know. Uh, also, oh you know, so I'm, I'm sorry. Thirdly, and check this shit out because this shit is crazy. In 2005, Gary Coleman signed a will naming Anna Gray, his friend and former head of his corporation, as his executor and beneficiary. But Coleman married Price in 2007, and then signed a handwritten codicil to the will. A codicil is just like an amendment to the will, where you change some things outside okay. of the actual physical will. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting a new will drawn up, you kind of put this put this in with the will. I wrote this as a change. Uh he wrote a letter that that was in favor of Price the same year that they started dating. Interestingly enough, the the note said. I have made this change of free will and was not coerced in any way. This I have done because of my personal selfishness and weakness. And I love her with all of my heart. That was the letter that he wrote to say, never mind, Anna. Shannon's going to be the be- the beneficiary now. Very, very pro Shannon. Very complimentary to Shannon. Very shitting on himself. It's, it's a weird letter to write. Yeah, he signed it, though. Right says, it's, yeah, I, mean. I thought what she was
2: going to say is She found out that she wasn't going to get
1: anything Oh that there's more Oh okay Um, So that was very odd language But that marked only the beginning Of the oddities surrounding Coleman's estate Under Utah law The will uh, Codicil became ineffective Because Coleman and Price divorced in 2008 However Price filed Now Gary Coleman isn't worth that much money at this point right. But it's something and she wants it uh, So, uh, yeah, so Price filed to enforce the code of by arguing that they were still married, even though they had been divorced as common law husband and wife. Mm. So even though they divorced, they stayed together and they were man and wife in spirit because they lived together. And now so that's the thing. This is also a part where they were divorced legally. They were divorced legally, but, but they, they still stayed did. together. And she's saying we were common law married. Mm hmm. You know, uh, we lived lived together, we lived together, we were in a happy relationship. Yeah, yeah. there's a certain amount of time you can do it for. Mm -hmm. Not every state recognizes this, but Utah is a state that recognizes this. And that's fishy to me because that implies to me that you must have a knowledge of the law. Yeah, And that means that you're doing research on how to be able to get somebody's estate even if you're divorced and they die. Mm. That's fishy for you to just kind of know that offhand. Like, oh, if I'm common law married, I'm still entitled to the estate. So I'm going to use that and sue. Mm. Uh... So, yeah, so she filed filed the suit because saying that they were common-law married. Uh, She claimed the only reason they didn't officially get remarried was because they wanted to avoid publicity. Now, this is 2010. Gary Coleman isn't exactly the hottest thing on the streets in 2010. Nobody would care if Gary Coleman got married. So that's a fishy thing to say in and of itself as your excuse to why you and Gary didn't get remarried. Now, this whole point of her case at this point when she's suing, this is in 2012 is that we were happily in a relationship even though we got divorced mm. but we just didn't get remarried because of the publicity oh it would be such a frenzy it would be chaos that doesn't add up at all and that also hurts her case of saying even though we weren't married we were still happily in love because that's a part of it and you mm. have to be you have to br- you have to be able to bring in witnesses saying oh yeah no they were you know they were still together we saw them hugging and kissing all the time even though they were divorced they were happily in a relationship and then you might have a chance of using this common law marriage excuse but they was beating on each other years prior though exactly so none of it adds up but she's fighting so hard that it's all it it all seems like oh so this guy fell in the kitchen and you're trying to get his money and you're fighting so hard to get his money but you guys were not in a happy relationship you could just leave you could just he died and you could you have a break you can break free and just be done with this Mm -hmm. but you want to take what's his for yourself it all just doesn't seem like hmm You know, it'd be one thing if it all kind of fell into her lap, like everything was lined up perfectly and they were married. And even then you say, oh, yeah, they beat on each other and this fishy, but they were married. So she gets it. Her fighting this hard for something that she has no claim to. It almost seems like she planned it to go. But it just was a bad plan. You know, Mm. anyway, she claimed throughout the trial that they had a loving sexual relationship until he died. The judge was not convinced. He ruled based on the testimony of several witnesses that she physically abused Coleman in public, led him around by his hand like a child, uh, displayed no physical affection towards him in front of anyone, Mm. and told others that they slept in separate rooms. The judge also pointed to a 2010 restraining order that Coleman obtained against Price, locking her out of the house. All that was enough to undo uh, Price's case. Now in these fights mm-hmm. uh, Was she beating on him? Sometimes Sometimes she was beating on him Sometimes they were fighting each other Sometimes he might get a little he cocky a, He didn't her. want to
2: put on the his So
1: Yeah I mean She was probably She could hold her own uh, I, I, Listen side side. No woman has ever uh, Dragged me around public By my hand Like I'm a child mm. That's uh, That's never happened to me So she must have had Some kind of a. I mean, you're not mis- 4
2: foot 5 what I'm totally you I don't know
1: Gary, he's four. He was four foot eight. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna allow you to disrespect Gary Coleman's height like that, man. He was a four. I mean, foot eight. but it'd probably be easy to you know take advantage of him. Sure, you know, pick him up, put him on yeah. your hip. You know, I'm sure he didn't like it, but she could do it if she wanted to. Did I mention that Price, who was no longer Coleman's wife, removed him from life support after only two days? Damn, Price did this without even consulting Coleman's parents or family. Now, it could be argued that Coleman's parents were a thorn in his side while he was alive. They went to court and all this kind of stuff. That is perfectly understandable Mm -hmm. why somebody who cared about Gary Coleman wouldn't feel the need to consult his parents, who he might have been estranged from. However, it can also be said and should be said that Price didn't want to to didn't want to risk even the smallest possibility of Coleman's condition improving. And him being able to wake up and explain what happened. You have to, you have to, that's a possibility as well. Especially, I have to make that possibility known. What, that he to, made, what? That that her pulling him off off of life support so early. Oh, okay. Yes, it's possible that it's because her parents, that this, it's possible that she did it without consulting his parents because... She knows, she loves, because she loves Gary, and she knows that he didn't have, you know, he didn't care about his parents' thoughts, and she she knew what he would want, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's also possible, this whole thing is mysterious, she wanted to get it over quickly, and she didn't want to leave any possibility that the brain swelling goes down. Maybe he wakes up and goes, no, I didn't fall, I was pushed. Damn, they ain't I didn't think about that. You know, so two days, I mean... This person you love and is married to, who she's that she's you know she's trying to prove in court that she they love each other and they were common law married. Mm. Two days is kind of that's a short amount of time yeah. to to just give up. I think life and death. Either way, she should have contacted his parents. I don't, yeah, even if they were regardless. estranged, you know it's, you sh- that should be something you consult the people yeah. that uh, you know they were his adoptive parents, but they were his parents nonetheless. Right. That's something you consult with his family about. You don't just make that decision. So that's very fishy that she's like, mm. no, nah, I want this done. Get it done. Pull them off
2: because she had that um.
1: I don't know what you want to call it that additional
2: that additional will paper. So she was.
1: Yeah. So she she thought I'm good. You know, let me, let's get to the part where we divvy up his estate to me. I didn't know this was I didn't know all this was going on. You didn't even know Gary Coleman was dead. So yeah, this is all news to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I
2: thought he was still alive.
1: Yeah. No, he's very much dead. Hmm. Uh, and if all that wasn't enough to convince you, friend. Price claimed in the 911 call that after finding Coleman's incapacitated body. She had to leave his side because, as she said, I get seizures. If I get stressed out, I'm going to seize. More likely, she possibly couldn't face up to the act that she had just committed, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Because I've never been in this situation. But her aversion to to Coleman dying is probably the greatest argument against her innocence. Because if I walked in on sierra i'll use it as an example just to make it as physically mm-hmm. real to me as possible if i walked in on sierra and she hit her head and she's bleeding the least i'm gonna do is call the police but i'm definitely not gonna i need to leave i can't be around this right now if it looks that bad like this could be her last moment i'm not gonna be thinking about oh man i get if i get too stressed yeah. out i have seizures so right. i gotta leave the room i'll call the police from the other room and i'll wait till the ambulance gets here because that's what she did She didn't want to... In the ambulance call, she even says... They're like, put some pressure on the wound. She's like, no, no, it's bleeding. Like, no. It's... No, I I don't want to... It's bleeding. Wow. So she didn't want to touch him and get blood all over her, which possibly she didn't want to leave, you know, fingerprints or... Mm -hmm. I don't know. But also leaving this person who, again, weeks after this happened, she went to court to try to claim they were common law married and still uh, in a sexual loving relationship and that they loved each other very much and yet she could, She wasn't even there for his last moments laying on the kitchen floor. She left the room because she gets stressed out and has seizures sometimes. So that's an, that's an incredibly insensitive thing to do to somebody that you say you love yeah. and were intermarried to, to walk out of the room and just leave them there on the floor.
2: So they didn't find no weapon or they couldn't tell? No, he definitely, he definitely hit
1: his head and fell on the floor. The case was closed, you know, so... I could just be spreading a bunch of bullshit and making assumptions and assertions. The case is closed. You know, they said he fell. But this is a very suspicious situation. But the case is closed. He fell. The woman is not in jail or anything like that. She did, however, try to sue to get, you know, his estate. Failed miserably. So she kept that going after he died. She kept trying to get to his money Mm -hmm. and failed at it. But all of that combined is incredibly suspicious. Yeah, but they didn't
2: it's no nothing to go off of though?
1: Sure, but like, what kind of person is more worried about their own stress level than comforting a person that they that love that's dying on the floor?
2: I get that. I'm talking about as far as oh, there's honest.
1: no, there's no, there's no evidence it's that this nothing? is all speculation. Like oh. I said, according to the top, you know, the uh, autopsy report, he had a you know a hematoma on his in his head, some you know he, from from trauma to the brain, and that's how he died.
2: Is that what did he what was he
1: doing? He could that's have been weird. he could have been getting something on the off the tall shelf. <laughs> what? Yeah, he could have been standing on the counter, maybe he had to get something from the top shelf, some spaghettios or something like that. And uh he he fell. That is but that's crazy though. From that's... tall heights, right straight back on the back of his head and died. That's wild. You know? So rest in peace to Gary Coleman. We made our job. I'm sorry, is it Gary Coleman, Coleman was the butt of the jokes while he was alive, and telling the story, it just kind of brings up all those jokes. I remember one time Dave Chappelle played him in the, in the Chappelle Show skit where he played a secure, he played him as a security mm-hmm. guard, and he did the thing where they put the shoes on the knees and all this kind of stuff like mm-hmm. it. So it, Gary Coleman, he died kind of the butt of the of the joke, which is sad. But at a point in time, Gary Coleman was the biggest thing on the planet. And that's yeah. something you can't take... People can't take that away from you if you don't let them take it away from you. That's why I have I have tremendous respect for Jaleel White. Jaleel White carries himself. He's like, that was a part of my life. It was a cool time. He's not trying to do, like, Urkel's in the house, like, where Urkel's an adult now, and he has a little kid, Urkel. He's not trying to relive it. He's like, mm-hmm. that was a cool moment in my life. Yes, I made a lot of money from it. It was a special moment. I moved on from it. Yeah. You know, raven Simone, same thing with Cosby. I mean, bad example. But those people there's people who kind of have these nostalgic moments and let them be those nostalgic moments instead of ruining them by trying to recreate them and Mm then they become jokes yeah gary coleman didn't do that he kind of was like uh yeah i don't know man i need to eat my parents fucked me so i'll become a security guard like like elvin from the cosby show bad example again when he was working at trader joe's you know he wasn't out here trying to get on a celebrity rehab show or something like that he's like I made, you know, I'm a working actor. I made some decent money from Cosby show, but not enough to never work again. Trader Joe's offers health health insurance. I'm go work at Trader Joe's. I don't have an ego. I'm a very humble guy. I'm going to get a job. And somebody taking a photo of him while he's at work. Yeah. You know, and I'm, that's probably the same thing that happened to Gary where He's trying to, you know, protect the, the Megazords from being stolen by children, and somebody want to come up to him and take a picture of him while he's doing his security guard thing. That's not cool. You know, so... Rest in peace, to Gary Coleman. Uh, again, everything that I just said was spec is speculation, but hey, it it fits though. It, it's it's a fishy situation. Yeah, it's a little fishier than it 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 should have t- it should have been a little more investigation done, in my opinion. It it might have led to the same results, but it's a little fishy that the guy just falls from a, a height. You know, he's not that tall of a guy. Right, he falls hard enough to hemorrhage his brain and go into a coma and the 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 girlfriend is saying, Oh, he fell but she wasn't in the room You know, she was a little too involved in getting the story where she wanted it to be to for her to not have been in the room. Hmm. So, I don't know. But like I said, rest in peace to Gary Coleman. That was my affirmative murder this week. Uh what we're gonna do is you know, any questions?
2: Yeah. Um this doesn't really have anything to do with the story, but he had a what happened in the beginning. He had a liver transplant.
1: Uh, he had bad kidneys. He was on dialysis for his whole life. I don't know if I think he just might have had one bad kidney.
2: No, I mean he had two transplants. Though.
1: He had two transplants. One when he was five and one when he was seven. Now, does that
2: go back to what we talked about? I think it was like two weeks ago about you having a, you getting a transplant
1: uh-huh. and then when they lasting for a couple of years. Possibly. Is that when, yeah? Oh, I mean, for five to seventeen, I mean, yeah, I mean, he might have had to get another. Hmm. You know, transplants. Wow, you I know for sure I'm still. I
2: didn't know work like that. I'm still shocked. Yeah, they, I didn't even know.
1: Your body will reject it after a certain amount of time being in your body for sure. Yeah, I so know that So that's possibly what happened with Gary Coleman. Um, Dang. but again, him, Webster, uh, uh, um, Jaleel White, Steve Urkel thing, these are people who had their names on lunchboxes. And yeah. you know, did I do that? What you talking about, Willis? And they were kids, yes, child stars. Bigger than life. So we can make all the jokes in the world about him being a little guy and end up being a security guard and all that kind of stuff. And the little handcuffs thing and all that kind of stuff. But Gary Coleman was more famous than this podcast will ever be. Yeah, I mean, his parents fucked him, though. For sure. That's incredibly fucked up. up. It's incredibly fucked up to trust your parents, Mm -hmm. to look out for your best interests. And put your money aside that you're earning, and also providing them with a paycheck. Yeah, that's. It's not like their parents are some disgruntled people who he didn't talk to, it's and then they fucking they were his employees, and they were you know dipping into the cookie jar too much. And this guy who was working probably crazy hours at 10 years old, 11 years old, gave up his childhood, mm. busting his ass to make all this money, and then he gets done at the end of the you know the life of that show and goes to look at his bank account and see, you know, how am I set up for the rest of my life and what moves am I going to make? And he's got a quarter of a million dollars in the bank for being on the hottest show, the hottest show in the world for, for six seasons or however long different strokes ran. You know, that's insane. His parents should be ashamed of themselves. I don't know if they're still alive, but if they are, they should be incredibly ashamed of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a very terrible thing to do to your own child. Especially when he set you up to have a very nice life. Yeah. Like, $18 million... I'm sure you guys made a nice amount of money you budget other than that yeah you budget that wisely you guys are living life very comfortably and you have a son who's you know made nice money and you guys are a happy family and he'll lend you money whenever you want instead of sneaking the money and fucking everybody you know so I mean after
2: that it would pretty much went downhill after
1: yeah I mean how do you recover from that from finding out the people that you trust the most in the world fucked you I mean I'd be I'd be depressed too Mm. how do you ever trust somebody after that how do you trust anybody in peace, you know gary very coleman. yeah rest in peace gary coleman very sad life man you know um yeah man you don't remember jay cole had that when jay cole first came like i said and gary coleman just died life is short i do remember that line that's a bar yeah man it's been
2: a while what, nine years
1: that's when he died he just died when he made that we made that song a while ago yeah
2: maybe i did no, I just forgot I yeah know.
1: well yeah i mean it's not like hot news but you know Like I said, once again, rest in peace, Gary Coleman. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back. Fran, please. The floor is yours.
2: So my further murder this week is about William Devin Howe. William Devin Howe is an American serial killer who was convicted of murdering seven people in 2003. Mm. He is one of the most prolific serial killers in Connecticut history. So, his victims, um, who were identified as seven women, whom, one of whom was transgender. Oh. Their bodies were discovered behind a shopping plaza in Hartford Road in New New Britain, beginning in 2007. Oh, wow. The person who was discovered, who discovered the bodies had been looking for a hunting ground. So, he just, you know, just came across. Oh, so it was like in the woods? Yeah, came across the body. Um... The area is a wooded and marshy, wooded and marshy, and is inaccessible by car, which delayed the investigation and the recovery of the victims. Mm, hard to get to. Oh. So one of his victim is Melanie Ruth Camillani, who was twenty nine year old, uh, mother of two from Seymour, went missing on January first, two thousand three. She had recently been living in Waterbury and was last seen in the area with two men. Oh wow. Um. Melanie was known Excuse me Melanie was known To have a substance abuse Problem And would regularly Disappear for long periods Of time mm. Her body was discovered Buried behind The New Britain Shopping Center And was identified In two, 2015 Oh wow Yeah Yep So that was just Dental records or yeah. something.
1: Yeah wow
2: Um Another victim Was Danny Lee Wis- Wisnet Um Also known as also known as Janice Roberts. Remember, this is the transgender. Okay, uh, was forty-four year old transgender, transgender woman from New Britain. Was last seen on June eighteenth, two thousand three, when she was getting into Howell's car. How Howell, I'm sorry, Howell's Howell's blue van at a stop and shop in Weathersfield. She was reported missing on June twenty fourth. Oh, it's, oh, it's also said that Howell later told an in, in, in informant that he. He had tried to engage Robert In a sexual act And there's another part of that But I'm gonna leave that for Cause I do have an interview About his whole His whole thing at the end Okay Yeah Um His other victim was Diane Kusick, Who was 55 year old New Britain resident Disappeared in mid-2003 Police last had contact with her On July 9th I wanna know what that means When they say the police Had last contact
1: I don't Maybe she was a sex worker Or something Like she had Had a run in with the police yep, Maybe she was right. known yep. the street. Yeah you're exactly right Yep
2: Uh, had contact with her on July 9th during a landlord tenant dispute her remains were found behind the New Britain Shopping Plaza in 2007 Mm. she was and she was identified in 2011 Cusack had who had a substance abuse substance abuse problem had been out of contact with her family for years and had never been reported missing I think that's
0: it's, it's very common. Yeah.
1: It's very common occurrence, man. You just got these people, just kind of like ghosts. Like yeah. you get a, get a severe drug addiction, hit the streets, and your family. You know, you try once or twice to, to help them, and they they disappoint you, and then you just kind of write them off. Yeah, right? you know. So you're not making reports, missing persons reports, and stuff. You know, they just you just kind of assume they're you'll see them on the street or something. Right. Uh,
2: another victim is Nelsa Arizmendi. Arizmendi. On July thirty first, two thousand three, a woman told police that her sister, thirty three year old Nelsa, had been heard from, had been heard from, from seven days. Nelsa, Nelsa's boyfriend, a convicted drug dealer, was immediately a suspect in her disappearance, but was ultimately cleared after passing a polygraph test. Mm. The sister told police that Nelsa was a heroin user, heroin user, and sex worker who was living in a motel in Weathersfield along with her boyfriend. He told investigators that he he and Nelsa had allowed Howell to stay overnight in their room and
0: that he he was a,
1: he was a pimp I mean like <laughs> he he N- N- Nessa, Nelsa Nelsa mm-hmm. Nelsa had sex with How. I mean like what what are we saying here yeah what is <laughs> that's she what he told boyfriend. the police yeah man we sleep at a hotel and my girlfriend is a sex worker I don't have anything to do with that and then How he needed a place to stay yeah. so we just let like, him like why was he we just let him sleep in our hotel yeah. room He's a John <laughs> Yeah And then
2: uh, He said that He told investigators That he and Nelsa Had allowed Yeah Howell to stay overnight In their room I mean a hotel room It's not like a house Yeah Like um, And he allowed What do you say And he last saw Nelsa At 2.30am On July 25th uh, When she got into Howell's van And then Nelsa's body Was found on April 28th 2015 Along with the bodies Of three other women Mm
1: mm-hmm. All behind the shopping center. Yeah, all of them. That's just, that's that's his dumping right. Yep.
2: Marilyn Gonzalez. I mean, it took forever for them to for somebody to even go back there yeah. and come across it.
1: And all coincidence too. Just yeah. looking for somewhere to hunt. Yeah. yeah
2: uh, Marilyn Gonzalez, who was twenty six year old twenty six year old woman um, and mother of two, she was very young. Yeah. Went missing two thousand three after she left her home in Waterbury. Her body was found behind the west the West Farms shopping mall in Farmington, Connecticut. On April 28th 2015 So this is another One of his dumping grounds Joy Martinez Who was 23 Went missing on October 10th 2003 But was not reported missing Until 20 March 29th 2004 Suspicion arose When she did not show up For her birthday party
1: So the whole year passed Of them being missing And they thought Well she always comes To the house on her birthday That's the first Come on man That's so That's crazy A whole year. That is wild. Yeah, I mean, uh, but to be so, would they plan a birthday party? They just do it every. We know she She always always comes to the house for her birthday party, no matter what. That's wild. She don't show up that one time. Up something. Something's not right. Even though we haven't seen her for a year. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, She was last
2: spotted in her hometown in East Hartford, where she lived with her mother. In high school, she had been a track star. and At the time of her disappearance, she was unemployed. Her Mm -hmm. remains were. Her remains were some of the first to be recovered from the shopping plaza shopping plaza area in 2007 and she was identified in 2013. And then Mary Jane Minyard, who was 40-year-old substance abuse counselor from Waterbury, went missing from New New Britain in October 20, 2003. Her remains were found um at the shopping plaza in 2007. Wow. So all seven victims disappeared in 2003 and that and the cases remained unsolved for months until Howell became a, sus- a suspect in Nelson's disappearance in April 2004. Police seized his van in North Carolina and discovered that several of the seat cushions had been removed, but blood from two people was found underneath, car- underneath some carpet. Oh, wow. Yep. DNA taken from Nelson's relatives determined that one of the blood samples were 99% certain to have to have come from Nelson. They also found six videotapes of Howell having bizarre sex with women. Mm. But the videos were shot in a way to ensure that their faces were not clearly visible. So, I mean, he he knows that. Those are are his trophies. Yep. Because Nelson's body had not been found at the time, Howell was charged with first-degree manslaughter. He was later also charged with witness witness tampering after threatening another inmate. Mm. In January 2007, shortly after the trial began, Howell entered um, an Alford plea. What the fuck is on. Alfred plea, let's find out. Um, it's just a guilty plea.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Guilty plea. Anti-climactic. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
0: cool. Continue <laughs> with your story, please. <laughs> yeah, so how oh.
2: entered entered um and Alfred plea to first degree manslaughter, meaning that he did not admit to the crime but conceded. That the prosecution had enough evidence to get him to get in conviction. You can do that? What, saying But so
1: look, man, I didn't do this, but y'all did enough that y'all, y'all can y'all can me. make me yeah. look like I so did. So I'm just
2: it. So I'll just take it.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So I mean he tried anyway. Yes. Um at sentencing, Howell Howell continued to insist that he did not kill Nelsa, arguing that the blood stains were from a physical fight that Nelson had in the van with her boyfriend. He also tried to get his Alfred plea thrown out, claiming that he had only entered the plea because his public defender pressured him. Howell was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Just weeks later, a hunter found human bones behind the Mm. West Farm shopping mall in New Britain. They were later identified as Cusack, Martinez, and Menyard. More remains were discovered in April 28, 2015, and they were identified as Nelson, Gonzalez, Camelini, and Westonet. Howe later told a cellmate that there was a monster inside of
1: him and described himself as sick ripper. Sick ripper. Sick ripper. Yep. Yeah, Which so that's, led- him, that's him trying to make a news, uh, a news, uh, a name for the news to use. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm like, uh, it's like I'm a sick ripper. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Why
2: would you say that? Yeah. Which led to the how being referred to as the sick ripper yeah. by some media now. I'm, sure, I'm sure he didn't want that at all.
1: Sure that's <laughs> not his last thing he wanted. Yep.
2: He also told the inmate that he kept one of the women's bodies in his van for two weeks because it was too cold outside to bury her. He slept next to her. Yeah, he slept next to her and called the victim his baby. Oh, that's nasty.
1: Oh, oh, that's nasty, man.
2: So uh, Howell later cut off the tips of her fingers, dismantled her bottom jaw, and disposed of the body, the body parts in Virginia.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
2: On November 17, 2017, Howell was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences after pleading guilty to the murder of Cusack, Martinez, Menard, Gonzalez, and Kamalini and Winsnot.
1: They brought his ass right back in there. Yep.
2: He cried and apologized to the families of the victims during sentencing, calling his his actions monstrous, cowardly, and selfish. He told the court that he deserved the death penalty, which was abolished by the Connecticut Supreme Court in 2015.
1: I'm not trying to hear none of those crocodile tears or oh, bullshit
2: yeah. that That's bullshit. Doing. Yeah. His garden, a conversation with the serial killer, is an autobiographical and biographical true crime novel by true crime author Ann K. Howard that was written by Howell, um, who was a practicing attorney. Howell first contacted Howell, Howard first contacted Howell in July twenty fifteen when he was serving a fifteen year sentence for the murder of Nelson.
1: Oh, so she stumbled into a hell of a book, yeah. Because she just thought it was about the one murder. Yep. Oh, wow. So I do have, I did find an
2: article of the interview that I had that they had. Okay. So I'm read that. Is this post
1: the other bodies being found, or is this when she just thought this is after every, This
2: is after everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. So it starts off following. Oh, yeah. The following content contains um, disturbing accounts of violence. And sexual violence discretion advice. Uh, good evening. Uh today is July fifth, twenty fifteen. Um I'm Ann K doing the interview with William Devin Howe at uh nine o'clock PM. Are you okay with uh recording this this interview here? Ma'am, I don't really give a shit what you do. Okay, I'll start the tape. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. So,
2: why did you kill them, Bill?
1: You see, it wasn't about killing a man. It was about raping. The prosecutors don't know this, but I didn't just rape three of them. They based that on Jonathan Mills had told them. How would they know that I just raped three? The bodies were nothing but bones when they dug them up. I raped all of them except Danny Wissnett. Was it because he was a man? Yeah. I picked him up in New Britain after leaving the Cadillac Ranch in Southington. He was wearing a short miniskirt and high heels, and he had long, shiny black hair. I thought he was a woman. I drove to a nearby grocery store parking lot for a $20 blowjob when I put my hands on his head and pulled off the wig he was wearing. I discovered he was a guy, and I killed him right off. So how how did you kill him? I punched him a couple of times and then I strangled him. Okay.
2: Um now, moving on from that, did did you strangle Melanie Camillini too? Yeah.
1: I first tried to kill Camelina by hitting her in the head with a hammer. She didn't see it coming. That's another thing Mills got wrong when he talked to the cops. He said I tried to strangle Camillini. But she wouldn't die. So I beat her in the head with a hammer. That's backwards. I hit her in the head with the hammer first, pretty hard. And it didn't even knock her out. She said, please don't kill me. Don't hit me with the hammer again. I didn't have the heart to hit her again, if that makes sense. So I strangled her. How did you feel
2: when you were killing them? Did it give you pleasure? A sense
1: of power? No, no, and It was never about the killing. I just killed them to conceal the evidence. I knew that once I raped them, they would go to the cops and I'd end up back in jail. So I had to keep that from happening. I definitely didn't enjoy killing them. As I choked them out, I was thinking, just hurry up and die.
2: But, but you didn't rape Danny. So you weren't you weren't trying to conceal evidence, evidence then. Did you kill him because you were angry when you discovered he was a man? Yeah, exactly. So when you sliced off Melanie's fingertips, was that so cops couldn't ID her
1: fingerprints if they found the body? Yep. And Mill said some shit about me dismantling her jaw. That's not true. I just pulled out a couple of her teeth after she was dead. So police wouldn't ID her that way either. Yeah. But then I gave up and stopped. I realized that if they found her, it would probably have been a moot it probably would have been moot anyway. She was the only one I did that to. So why so what did you do with the teeth and the fingertips? I put them in a little plastic grocery bag and threw them in the trash in the trash can outside of the Family Dollar Store on New Britain Avenue.
2: Interesting. The same man who would open up the door for me if I walked up behind him to enter the Family Dollar Store was also capable of disposing of human remains in the trash bin outside the store. In a follow-up letter containing detailed confessions about all of the rapes and murders, Bill wrote,
1: there is one thing I've been dishonest with you about and that is that I did remove Lee's lower jaw in an attempt to hide her identity. I lied to you about this because I was embarrassed by the sheer gruesomeness of it. Even as I was doing it, I couldn't believe I was doing it. I put her fingertips and her lower jaw in a plastic grocery bag and threw them in a dumpster beside the dollar store on New Britain Avenue in Hartford.
2: Mill said you slept beside Camellini's body in the back of
1: the van and called her your baby? I slept beside her because I had no choice, but I never called her my baby. I told Mills that I slept beside the body. And scene. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a little bit of uh, affirmative murder theater. Uh, Very well done, Fran. Yeah, is,
2: is there more to the story that you no, have that was it that was the interview I wanted okay. to uh, you know to go over
1: easy with and you know he pretty much came out with everything he yeah. denied
2: some of the shit in the beginning for sure
1: that is uh, pretty fucking insane I think it's also pretty crazy that this lady kind of got on board with yeah. a guy that she thought had just killed one person and then it turned out she kind of was there for this realization of oh this is a mass murderer yeah so she kind of hit the jackpot as far as being a true crime writer Finding out that, oh, this guy that we just thought was killed one person mm-hmm. was bad. He killed seven people, and it's a whole, they found a, a a graveyard. So that's pretty nuts. <laughs> he really tried
2: to uh, throw Mills under the bus like Mills made all this shit yeah. up. he
1: said I did this. <laughs> so why would I do that? Okay, I did do that. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I yeah, so that was Mills. that was
2: William um, Devin Howe, so that was uh, my affirmative
1: murder this week. WDH. All right, well, again... Uh, pretty hard to find some some um some riddles that are, one? that are worth the shit no oh okay that are worth the shit um <laughs> so again i'm going to um continue to just leave.
2: What you don't want me getting no no dubs
1: it's not about the dubs i don't want to waste your time or my time <laughs> or have these people these these animals who call themselves France Star Nation or whatever they're mm-hmm. calling themselves attacking me for simply reading something off of a phone for
2: trash riddles
1: I don't write the... Them being trash or not being trash has nothing to do with me. I just read them. So admittedly, it has become kind of a... It has become an overwhelming thing where I'm like, I don't even want to be involved in it. But I'm going to continue to do it, just not for the last uh, couple episodes and okay. also not today. But I want to find ones that are worthy of reading and have the potential to stump you and aren't just confusing for the sake of confusion where neither of us really know what happened or how to solve it. You know, So I wasn't able to find one of those... Therefore, there will be a n- no frazzle friend this week either. Okay. The, I'm going to continue to drag this out. This is this is this is a little bit of teasing. We're teasing the world, teasing everybody. Oh, when is he going to do it? I don't know. Ooh, I'm at the edge. Oh, is he going to? Oh, I don't know. Oh, and that's what I'm doing. So for once again this week there was be there will be no frazzle friend, and when you least expect it, I will come out of the jump out of the trees and surprise you with the frazzle friend, and you will be frazzled. Okay, we'll take it as a win. That's not how this works. There was no. There's no con, It's a no contest. You put an N slash C. There's no. There was no frazzles. You don't win or lose, All sir. Right. Uh, with that being said, I don't really. There's no housekeeping. Again, um, go listen to Rewind the Love podcast. I don't know when that's coming out, but you know, catch up in the meantime. There's plenty of episodes, and then at some point, I will be guesting on there in the episode. Very great podcast. Right now, they're doing Flavor of Love. Insane show. Would not be able to get made in 2019. Also, Flavor Flavor was recently knocked out in a hotel casino. And to see a 50-year-old... Drunk? I don't know what he... He was drunk. He was punch drunk. Yeah. You know, to see a man that small kind of just get flung around. It wasn't even a fight. Oh, he had a fight, right? He got beat up? Uh, yeah, it wasn't a fight. He got beat up. Yeah, He was a grown man. You shouldn't be out there... You gotta get to a certain age where you go i'm good man. i don't need to be on the scene yeah. and he hasn't learned that yet you know wearing clocks and all that kind of stuff <laughs> he still wears in. clocks yeah that's his brand so I mean... shout out to flavor Flav. uh you know uh gary coleman in his own right you know uh but he got a second chance at you know making those millions i'm assuming he blew that again after the flavor that flavor of love money has to be running a little low right now but anyway uh you know yeah check out rewind the love you know um and with that being said, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and true crime, so Evans, and we'll see you guys next week.